Welcome, Eorzeans. It's that time again. The uh, the uh, the job fair is upon us. Booths of all shapes and sizes are gracing the courts of Ulda today, uh, representing guilds from all across the land. And uh, and we're here to uh, to pick out a couple and uh, see what they have to offer us. I'm Nero, and I'm Jane, and this is Radio Free Heidelberg. Yes, and uh, and today we're talking about some job stuff. Uh, specifically, we're talking about the jobs that we picked for ARR. Uh, I went with Monk, and uh, Nero over here went with the the classic uh, two for one special. Yeah, Scholar slash Summoner, which is a whole, it is the only job in the game that has a you know two jobs come out of one class but before we get into the details of our our two jobs here i think we should start off with sort of what purpose does a job quest serve now for the most part up until level 70 job quests serve as the thing that your abilities are gated behind Yes. After Stormblood, or well, during Stormblood, they cease locking any abilities behind job quests. You do, you do, I don't think, I think you have to do the last Stormblood job quest to get like a capstone ability, but other than that, then that might not even be true. It's been a while. But, you know, functionally, that's what they are for. They are for, they are content that you have to do to get your next fun toy. Yes, exactly. And it's it's the kind of thing where they're, they're stories, they're small sort of self-contained stories that are structured around the idea of whatever the job happens to be. And sometimes this is more loosely related and sometimes it's more tightly related. It depends on the job. But broadly speaking, they're intended to give you kind of uh, a, a, a individual narrative experience based around like the core ideas of one of these uh, one of these classes and and jobs and these can vary in content and tone some of them have very interesting lore tidbits some of them tie in thematically with uh the the main story and certain bits and some of them are just sort of like a fun romp really um and like it's interesting I was thinking about it earlier, and in particular, a lot of the ARR job quest narratives kind of kind of tie together with the theme of rebirth that a Realm Reborn has. Because if you run it down, a good amount of the jobs in the the launch version of a Realm Reborn are about resurrecting a dead art, or like carrying on an art with only one or two practitioners, right? So, for instance, as we'll cover, the monk quests are about resurrecting a, a school of martial arts. Both Summoner and Scholar are about reaching into the past to to bring back these old schools of magic. Dragoon is, once again, a very, you know, there are lots of Dragoons out there, but it is it is chiefly about one Dragoon and, and what they do. Bard, 
there used to be lots of bards, but now that that sort of has has gone out of favor and there's only one, he's very old and sad. Oh yes, very sad. And and this theme carries through to basically all of the the ARR jobs. They they're very much just they, they are very much like building on sort of the core theming of like trying to trying to rebuild after either some sort of catastrophic event or just, you know, the decay of time. And you get some fairly interesting stuff out of it. You get some fairly fraught stuff out of it as well in certain points, but you know, you get some interesting stuff too. Now, unfortunately, I feel as though a lot of the Realm Reborn job quests are fairly perf- perfunctory. Like, they're, they are there and there's some stuff going on in them, but not nearly as much to dig into as some other stuff in the game. Now, that changes. So with some jobs more than others, there's like a lot going on. Dark Knight is almost a universally beloved quest line because it was written by uh, Ishikawa. Um, but also Mashinist, Astrology, and really all of the Ishgardian job quest lines are very fun and very good. Yeah, they've got a lot of they got a lot of meat uh, to really to really dig into. You get some more interesting stuff for uh, ARR content later once you start digging yes. into like the Heaven's Word and the Stormblood quest lines and stuff like that. But for sure, there there are some things left to be desired for a lot of the sort of base game jobs, I feel. Um, but that's not true of all of them. Now, there are some of them that are actually, uh, in and of themselves, somewhat beloved quest lines. Uh, rogue comes to mind. People love the rogue quests. Of course, that's class more than job. The ninja quest lines are also a lot of fun, to be to be clear. Yeah, and everyone genuinely really likes the Thaumaturge and uh, Black Mage lines. I thought they were pretty fun. So yeah, there's there there is definitely some some good stuff in here. But as we'll get into later, these these two sort of quest lines, or I guess technically three sort of quest lines, they don't get particularly wet and wild with it. But uh, no. don't worry, at some in the future you'll be seeing some content related to say for example Lancer and Archer, which are yeah. they those quest lines exist and we'll leave it at that <laughs> we've got a lot of, they're, they're the ones set in gradania so that, that should tell you all you really need to know about them yeah so and you know the one and another interesting thing about job quests is that they basically no longer exist yeah they have phased them out in favor of role quests which as the name suggests instead of going by job it goes by healer tank physical dps Magic DPS and range DPS. Yeah, which is a change that I'm not really a particularly big fan of. Like, mm. not to not not to get too deep in the paint here, but I, I do I do think it is sort of a bit of a mistake. It, it's it's I think a fairly common classic criticism to say that the job quest lines can be on the whole taken as like a a, a whole a, like a complete thing leave a lot to be desired there's a lot of problems there's narrative issues um some stuff is way too padded some stuff goes uh by way too quickly generally speaking they they're they're extremely a land of contrasts and i i 
feel like it's the kind of thing where there was a lot of room to improve and iterate on it. I I thought there was definitely a lot of space to go forward and try and like do something interesting with the job quests. And it's kind of disappointing that nowadays it seems like uh, directionally, like as a studio, they've just sort of decided to kind of put those storylines away, just kind of pack them up and put them back in the closet. Uh, like there's technically like these little side quests, little single one-off side quests that you get at level 80 and level 90, which vaguely sort of move the story along for whatever your job happens to be, but they don't really do anything. And I think that they, they feel very like afterthoughty, just not, not really important to anybody which which is a shame i i think that there is definitely space that could be occupied by some some decent ideas that they just don't really get the chance to do now i think yeah i mean we'll talk about role quests when we get to them generally i think that they are better structured than job quests due to the fact that they were built from the ground up to you know be contained within one expansion pack instead of kind of sprawling out across several Mm -hmm. but i do sort of miss the uh the rhythm of regular job quests and of course the Shadowbringer jobs from Shadowbringers onward kind of get the short end of the stick when it comes to that because they don't get those little bonus ones. I don't even know if there's a level 90 job quest thing. It might be like an unmarked side quest and not in the top corner of your journal like most job quests are. Yeah, no, it's actually I don't even know if there's level 90 ones. I know level 80. There's level 80. Yeah, ones. there's the level 80 little side quest. I don't think I don't think there are level 90 ones. I think they even phase that out. So, dancer, reaper, all all of the all of the shadowbringers jobs are just kind of you shout out of luck, I guess. You you get the shadowbringers job quest and that's it. But we're not here to talk about the future. We're here to talk about the, the the ones that we chose. Now, you've heard us talking about classes and jobs. This is a divide that only exists in A Realm Reborn. You start as a class, and once you hit level 30, you get your job stone and you, you have your job. Wisely, they would not do this in the future because it takes it's very time-consuming and very boring. Yeah, it, it, it is time-consuming, and I do find a lot of the tedium of the era quest lines to be kind of boring. But at the same time, there is, like, kind of... that there There is... There's something fun, I think, like, atmospherically about them. Like, again, not all of them are good, obviously. Like, you know, we'll, we'll get into some of the bad ones later. But the, the feeling of, like, progression from being sort of a general adventurer to being more of a hero like a unique kind of kind of hero is is really interesting to me uh with how they how they kind of pull that off and again some some of the classes are more successful than others at this but you get this sense that um you know they they really wanted in a realm reborn they wanted you to f- feel like you're going on this journey from like a level one nobody to being the new warrior of light or, you know, re-becoming the warrior of light if you're a legacy character. 
And and that's really cool to me. I, I think that's really neat. And that transition from being like, oh, you're just a guy with a sword to, oh, you're this very special, unique guy with sword is like, that's that's cool. I like that a lot. I think it's really neat. Like, um, like you know, Paladin, you like join this like like cloistered order of, of knights or whatever, and, or, or you discover a lost art. It's just, it's got like, it's got a real like classic adventure vibe to it. It's got like a real D&D flavor, you know, which, which I really like right. a lot. And of course, one reason that that stops being the case is that you are not that character anymore after A Realm Reborn. You are the warrior of light. You are an established figure in the world. So structurally, it would not make sense for you to have to go through all that again for every new job. And, and as well as thematically, it wouldn't make sense if you had to like join the... I don't know what the fuck Astrologian's class would be. Card shufflers. <laughs> You'd have to join up with the uh, the the stupid dorky gnome hat idiots in the middle of the snow. Yeah. So I suppose we should go ahead and get started on the class quests, and I will open up here with Arcanist. Yeah. Uh, which to, is of you course talk about your book nerd shit. Yes, Arcanists are book book nerd ass nerds. So Arcanist is of course one of the guilds in Lemsilamensa. They are as they as it is like so every class quest pretty much follows the same structure for the first like two or three quests. You walk into the guild and you basically get like a like a a quick rundown on what the the class is from the guild receptionist. Then, if you accept that, you go to the guildmaster and get a more detailed explanation of what exactly is going on here. And for arcanists, they use, like, arcane geometries to cast spells, as opposed to, like, whatever, you know, the channeling ether, like, thaumaturges do, or, or the power of nature, like, conjurers do. They, they use, like, patterns... And 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 all of this sort of thing to to channel their magic. Um, the now the Arcanist Guild is in an interesting position because the Guildmaster is not actually the Guildmaster; she is acting Guildmaster. Her name is um, Lord. She's a row, so her name is Thubirgim. I'm not pronouncing that right, almost certainly, but there's no voice acting in any of these quests. So how the fuck am I supposed to know? The actual Guildmaster of the Arcanist Guild is sort of a weirdo. Uh, as one might expect of the Guildmaster for the Book Weirdo Guild. He just kind of fucked off to do research, like, two years ago. He's gotta and learn no one about knows where he shapes. Is. He's gotta go find the shapes in the wild. Yeah, so, but she explains to you that it's it's about this this arcane geometry and specifically utilizing carbuncles, which you summon. Or we, we all know what a carbuncle is. It's a cute little furry... Magic dog. It's like a dog and a fox and like a ferret all rolled into one. And it comes in three exciting colors. Yes. And of course, every class and job has a dialogue box for accepting the job. And for Arcanist, it is, are you prepared to reason? I believe it's Leatherworker that had the, the, um, it's one of the crafting jobs where that dialogue box says, are you prepared to suffer? Oh my God. It's either God. leather worker or weaver, I think. I think it might be weaver. Regardless, after that, you are sent on the most classic of MMO missions, which is go outside and kill some small animals. 
Oh, yeah. No, cl- classic stuff. Go outside, go punch some ladybugs. Normal stuff. And, yeah, and she gives you your hunting guild, which is one of the main ways to level up in A Realm Reborn. Um... And yeah, I mean that's that's a level that's the level one quest. It, there's not a lot going on there. They they just explain what it is and they give you your hunting guild. Now, level five is where you start to learn a little bit more about what the Arcanist guild is called. The level five Arcanist quest is called "What's in the Box." This is where you learn what function the Arcanist guild has in Limsa Lamensa. It's customs. Arcanist, the Arcanist Guild basically runs customs for Limsa Lamensa and kind of scans cargo for abnormalities using their magic. They don't use the carbuncles as drug dogs. No, they just use shapes. They just use shapes. And uh, because obviously Limsa Lamensa is pirate city, so there's all kind of smuggling going on in there. Um, and yeah, she just has you like practice inspecting a box. She literally has you practice on a fake box full of slugs. But once you do that, you you meet your actual main companion throughout the Arcanist Guild because there's a very strange Mikote girl who's been watching you the whole time. Her name is Kalia. Kalia? Uh, it's, look, there's a lot of weird names in Limsa. Kylia. Let's do, let's go with that. She basically, you know that one meme of the guy like with all the math and he's like got his finger to his temple and he's talking about all the fucking like math, like all that shit. You know that one? Uh-huh, uh-huh. She basically talks like that. That's beautiful. That's amazing. She is all about strategy and like all, all this stuff. It, it's hard to like convey. I, I didn't write any of her specific dialogue down, but um, she's always running calculations and talking about like fucking the hypotenuse of the of the of, of X and Y states that this is the proper technique for this battle. And she is basically the head cargo assessor uh, for the guild, and she has been assigned to be your instructor. And this is kind of where you uh, you get a little bit of the RPG part of MMORPG because there aren't there are actually like very very few dialogue options in a Realm Reborn. That's something I noticed upon replaying it. Is that you basically never have many choices for dialogue. But here she gives you a, a, little, a little thought process. She gives you three choices to talk about your thought process during combat. It is a desire to outwit the enemy, potential for amusement, and I simply do what feels right. And I chose the third one because I felt, I thought that's what Aurelius would say. That's really interesting. He's sort of a, sort of a loosey-goosey guy. Uh, regardless of what she picked, she says that uh, she predicted the answer and that it is actually uh, that that answer means that your chances of becoming an arcanist of note are 90 percent oh my god she pre- literally she's the fucking intj meme mm, i yes i don't absolutely. need to, i don't need to taste the potato chips mm, i have already calculated it in my the flavors in my head and uh, apparently only one other arcanist has answered that exact answer to that exact question that is of course the guildmaster, who in fact is the person who gifted her the grimoire she uses which is like kind of dirty and ratty and old looking uh, as opposed to a lot of other grimoires that are like very shiny and all that stuff yeah but here's the thing about grimoires here's the thing about grimoires you gotta understand the older and shittier they look the better the magic spells in there are like right. you, you want the rattiest home they got at the store it's important and apparently before he left he gave her some words of wisdom quote 
Strategy is a tool used to manipulate one's situation into a desired reality. And to that I say, work on that one. It's not very catchy. <laughs> yeah, maybe workshop that a little bit. So you head back to the guild and the guild, the acting guild master, you know, she, she hopes that not only will Clia's brilliant strategic mind rub off on you, but then maybe you can help her n- with social skills because that is an area that she... Um, lacks in somewhat she's got she's got a bit of an entrapped situation going on it seems yeah so level 10 is called tactical planning and after another mission where you go and uh press ruin at like shrews or whatever you are assigned to shadow Clea on one of her routine inspections i feel like i've pronounced her name different every time i've said it and that's fine that means that statistically speaking you will have gotten it right at least once so you go to inspect some cargo from some goblin traders who react pretty aggressively to the suggestion of having their cargo inspected, um, which is to say that they attack you. That is not a problem, though. You and you dispatch them with ease, and once again, Clea is like, you are going to be an arcanist to match or even surpass the guildmaster. And at this point, you're getting a, is, uh, a sense that she and the guildmaster have a bond. They have, like, a thing going on, right? Mm-hmm. So level 15 is called Toe has teachings except it's not because that is just the quest where you get the ability to summon a uh, topaz carbuncle the actual level 15 quest is called over the rails and for this one it is time to get into some real work here some real shit no more like fucking around with goblin merchants or whatever right there is a ship docked in I want to say Aleport, or a ship coming into Aleport that is suspected to be harboring a lot of contraband. So you've got two mercenaries who uh, who Clea calls upon, and they work with her regularly, you get the sense. And once again, these are both sea wolves. So I wrote their names down, but that really doesn't help me. No, no, it really doesn't. Unless you know how to speak Welsh, it's it's not yeah. going to be a particularly easy time. So I, the, there's a lady marauder named Arsthota and the, a conjurer dude named Gisfren. That is my best guess. Um... And, you know, as you, as you head over there in a skiff, Clea is talking about how, like, she's already planned everything out to its exact detail, and there's no way that, 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 that this can go awry. There's, like, a like a 99.9% chance of success or whatever. Which is, when you say that, you know shit's about to go sideways. Mm. So, you board this ship, which is called the Morning Star, and Clea decides, hey, we need to hurry up and storm the cargo hold before they start, like, throwing stuff overboard, before they start destroying evidence. So, she dubs, yeah, she dubs this Stratagem Hardhead. She has names for all of this stuff. She has names for all of these stratagems. Which, of course, is very funny, because in terms of gameplay, that just means you're hitting Ruin a lot. Because you're a fucking arcanist and you don't have any spells. Like, what am I gonna do? What 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 is what is the brilliant strategic mind uh, uh, going to accomplish if I I've got ruin, I've got bio, and that's it. That I, that's pretty much it. So that's that's but just regardless. how it is. Sometimes you gotta that's you gotta really is. you gotta really dig deep for for the for the intricate strategies on these ones. So all everything seems to be going perfectly fine. You're handing it these pirates their asses on a silver platter, but then the captain appears on the deck, and he he's a big he's a big scarred up motherfucker. He's a serious looking guy, 
And the sister's name is, uh, you later learn, is Dosmaga. And Clea has a very, very averse reaction to seeing him. She she literally, like, has a panic attack and freezes up. So, and, and you, you, you get all this explained to you later after you've escaped the Morning Star. Um, he, he tosses her book into the ocean, her, the book that her, the guildmaster gave her. And at that point she like passes out and you ha- and you and the, the, the conjurer and the, the marauder have to, have to get her off of there. By the way, something about the class quest is interesting is that there's a lot of unique animations in them. Yeah, way more than I would have expected, actually. The, uh... Like, you see him throw the you see him grab the book out of her hands and throw it into the ocean yeah which is which is really surprising like uh there's definitely a fair amount of that in the uh pugilist and monk line too so after you have gotten her to safety Thubir game kind of fills you in on everything here and yeah so this dude like this so they Dosmaiga was a pirate so ruthless and infamous that he was exiled by Merlewib. He was not allowed to join the, you know, the, the great ship Vilbrand like some other pirate crews were. Uh, no, he was simply exiled. And the reason he was exiled is because his main trade is, guess what? Human trafficking. Yay! Which is where they found, they found Clea on his ship when they, like, uh, arrested him for the first time and this is where the guildmaster gave her that book and of course it's error so there's like implications about what happened to her they never say anything no but we've all we've played through sastasha we're we're aware of uh how how error is is like about pirates here she was at the very least tortured and at the very most things i don't want to say uh regardless she was very traumatized by all of this but you know the 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 grimoire and the the structure of strategy kind of gave her a way to cope with it and the loss of that grimoire has has basically sent her into a into a spiral Thubergame also says that she had no idea that the Morningstar was his ship, and if she had known that, she would never have sent her out there to begin with. She also says, I bet you're pissed off, huh? Yeah, hold on to that and use it against him next time you meet. A sound a sound uh, strategy. Spite yes. is always a good motivator. So the level 20 quest is called Pincer Maneuver, and it starts out with uh, Thubergame telling you that Clea has gone missing, which is like, it's not uncommon for her to just leave on some other business. She takes after the Guildmaster in that way, but she literally hasn't said a word since returning from the Morningstar. And so you, uh, she sends you out to try and find her because she's worried. So you kind of you kind of ask around, and it turns out she has been arrested by the Yellow Jackets for like interrogating random people about a Kikirn smuggling ring. Oh, she was arrested. Yeah, she, she, she was she was arrested, but she was also brought in for questioning about Dozmaiga, uh, because obviously she has you know history with him. And of course, this is where we get this is where we get some some Yellow Jacket. You're like, yeah, he's a, he's depraved, even for the usual band of pirates. Like, great, thank you, I get it. Yeah, they this is where they say, quote unquote, he deals in the worst kind of black market trading. Ooh, yeah, we got yeah. AR quests—they've got a bit of a tone problem every now and again. So the thing is that without her Greymore, Clea is feeling just completely and utterly lost. She is she has lost any amount of, of control she had over her life, and so she's just kind of like grasping at anything. But the reason she was asking about a Kikirin smuggling ring is because there are rumors of. 
uh, uh, Kakirin bragging about like trawling the 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 contraband from the Morning Star up from the ocean, which may include her Grimoire. And so yeah, you you'd follow her to Aleport. She she disappears once again, and she's in Aleport looking for this looking for this Grimoire and this Kakirin. You you do manage to find the book on this Kakirin and his bodyguards, but unfortunately. It's ruined. Obviously, the uh, the ocean has completely destroyed it. As the as the ocean is wont to do, not exactly a uh, not exactly kind uh, to paper based objects, typically. And she is just utterly devastated by this. And I, I like this moment because you, you have the, the, this marauder and this conjurer who is still here, and as she just like walks away, completely dejected, Aetherta, the the marauder, like wants to go after her and comfort her, but the the the, the Conjure's like, he, he, what, there's nothing we can do. We, we, it's best to just, like, leave her be for now. She needs time to process it. Yeah, naturally. So the level 25 quest is called Grimoire's Fandango. You get it? It's like a, it's like a reference. It is like a reference. So after the after losing the grimoire, Clea is still just basically catatonic. She's just sitting in her fucking room staring at the wall um but good news the game has heard that the enigmatic missing guildmaster has reappeared in upper lenosia so if anyone can help clea out of this funk it's probably him so you have to go and and, and kind of figure out what's going on with him this involves some fucking adventure game bullshit which is probably the other part of why it's a grim fandango reference basically you have to like go to a certain area you have to you were given like a bunch of tasks to do like it's, it's almost like a rube goldberg machine of ending up in the same location as this guy you have to dance for someone you gotta like you gotta like dance at, in the front of a house for him and but not for him he's not there but he sees you dancing of course of course i mean this is this is some normal like arr style stuff there's so there's so many quests where you just have to do like some completely random like weird shit you have to like type stuff in chat or you have to like go up to people and do a bunch of emotes and it's 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 something that follows through in a lot of parts of the game but it is definitely very very present in uh in this opening sort of sort of segment uh of the game so yeah you fucking eventually find this guy and of course he is just as cryptic and weird as one might expect of this this guy who has been on a on a forest sabbatical for like four years or whatever uh and he gives you new grimoire to give to clea and asks that you dance for her and then he fucks off into the woods again because that's just the kind of guy he is that's wonderful Um, i hope he found lots of new shapes and that all those new shapes will cheer her up the dance does help her as does the gift of the the grimoire and this kind of gives her what she needs to like prepare to take down dozmaga once and for all as you do in the level 30 Arcanist quest, Sinking Does Maiga. So yeah, you Thurbergim tells you that like he's about to sail out east and he will not be back for a very long time. So basically it's it's now or never to get this guy. But luckily Clea has been working on a plan, of course. So this is this now this one is fascinating. This is more adventure game bullshit right here. So you go to Costa del Sol uh for this one. And what you do is is basically like do adventure game style inventory trading with fucking seven different NPCs in order to get Clea on a skiff in the guise of a dancer while also having all of her gear on the boat. And you are also on the boat. 
because you have some wine, some like very fancy wine. Ah, uh, perhaps some of that. It uh, is some of that classic. Uh, ooh, what was it? What was the what was the wine? It's not, quest? It's not the. No, it's not the same wine from Wine Quest. It's a different one. But I, honestly, I did like this bit of like the fucking it's it's like spy shit almost of 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 everything changing hands and getting into the the proper position. It, it kind of sells the whole like arcane geometries and patterns thing that arcanists have going on. It's got that like it's got that like uh, like Nicolas Cage movie style like heist planning angle to it. A little bit, yeah. Except you don't know what the plan is until the end. Uh, like she knows what the plan is, but she doesn't tell you what the plan is because then that might ruin the plan. Makes sense. Makes sense. Keep that information compartmentalized. Can't have the can't have the plan being compromised. So you and she hop onto the Morning Star and fucking mop the floor with Dozmiga's crew. And right when he's about to start going ape shit, oh, guess what? You have sailed directly into a Yellow Jacket fucking trap, and all you and all your boys are getting arrested. Nice. And to end this, Clea thanks you for your help in in conquering the demons of her past and getting her out of her funk. But she decides that it's time to seek out the Guildmaster for further training. She's going to go fuck off into the woods and hang out with him now. And then they can go and hang out in the woods together and it'll be just like the Witcher. Except way nerdier. Yeah, it's like it's like what if Geralt of Rivia was not a a jock, but like it was just two of the nerdiest people imaginable <laughs> talking about shapes. But yeah, that's the end of it. That's the end of Arcanist. A, be- a be beautiful, right. a beautiful shapes quest, if ever I've heard of one. Tell me about. N- pretend I haven't played it already, <laughs> but tell me about the pugilist quest line. Okay, so pugilist, so. Pugilist is a quest line that is mostly not really about you in any way. Um, no, P- Pugilist is mostly about a man, about a man named Hamon. Now, Hamon is—he's an interesting old fellow. He's—he runs—he runs the Pugilist Guild naturally, and he has a little bit of a reputation. This this guy, this guy was a big deal back in the day. And uh, I believe when you accept the Pugilist quest line, I believe the message it gives you is, are you prepared to go the distance? Uh, which is- That sounds right. Which is very fun. So Amon here, he he sees potential in you. He's like, all right, here's what I'm gonna have you do. We're gonna start your training with with something simple that's gonna build up your skills, you're gonna you're gonna start uh, getting your dexterity up. And what I want you to do is you're gonna go pick up quarters. So you run around town and you pick up a bunch of loose change, and you bring him back all that loose change. And then he also wants you to go kill some rocks. And all of this is is it's very like wax on wax off style stuff, you know, Mr. Miyagi kind of angles to it. Though of course, you know. He's he's also got like that little bit of uh you know like not exactly fraud energy but you know he's washed up he's a fucking has been a little bit he's a little bit of a has been you spend basically the first like five ten fifteen all of this is is mostly just you know trying to 
train up your skills to to the level that uh, that Hamon wants you to to get to here. He really wants you to to sort of unlock your potential. And in the process, you meet uh, this little fellow named Chichudo, who is one of one of his other students, one of his 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 sort of his right hand student here. I do like her. I do like her a lot. She's pretty cool. I I do really like her. Though there there was another student at some point. But we, but we don't talk about that student. That student. He's fallen to the dark side. Literally, literally. We don't, we, don't, we don't talk about him. We don't talk about him. But um, uh, you also you also learn uh interestingly that uh, that Hamon here he never really demonstrates his extreme punching prowess. Uh, you, for, for, for the level 10 quest, you, you, you're asked to, uh, to start punching some training dummies here. And, uh, you know, Hemon just is like, you know, I, if, if I started, you know, uh, to punching these dummies, they'd go straight through the wall. We can't have that. So, so you're just gonna have to trust me that I can do it really, really good. And it's, it's very like, mm-hmm, yes, kind of, kind of moment. Uh, in in but in the uh, in the process of all of this, you find out that Chichudo's friend Rurukuda is uh, is apparently missing. The, these two are kind of in this position where they're basically Hamon's like adopted kids, sort of. They're they're in this, they're in that sort of a role. At least it, it feels like to me. So you need to go. You need to go after this guy. Gotta find him. You gotta find him. So in order in order to train you to deal with uh, sort of bigger bigger targets, bigger real enemies, um, before you're able to actually you know go and uh, and try and get after uh, Rurikuda here, uh, it's important that you're able to actually handle yourself. And uh, so you're sent after some frogs. These 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 toxic toads, and uh, they're not exactly a particularly large issue, but uh, but in the process, you end up uh, right around Blackbrush Station, and uh, you you end up learning about an illicit and an evil drug named Somnus that is being smuggled into Uldah through Blackbrush Station. So instead of, you know, doing this this sort of lesson plan uh, that, that he picked out for you, he says, you know, you should really track down these guys, figure out what's, uh, what's going on. Probably a lot of punching. Probably a lot of punching. Um, of course, you find out once you get to where the smugglers are and you you take care of them. Uh, you you do find out where Rurikuda has been this whole time. It turns out he has also joined the dark side. Uh, he is the well, I guess not the leader of the smugglers, but he's definitely like one of the main guys here. And the reason. That he's uh, he's gone ahead and and turned away from from light, as it were, is because yeah, Hamon is kind of a hack. Like he he's he's not exactly all he's cut up to be. And you know, this isn't exactly a huge surprise to Chichudo. Uh, she's she's not happy about about this being revealed to both the world and to uh to Hamon here who wasn't really self-aware enough to kind of get how far he had fallen 
and uh, and 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 Hamlin ends up like really distraught from this whole thing. This guy, this guy is just totally devastated. He like he gets his ass kicked by a ferret. You can't recover from that. He's not doing great, no. Yeah, and there there's a specific line that that he has that was that I I remembered to write down, uh, which was all I wanted was to be surrounded by scantily clad maidens when my time came. Yes, Sigh, yes. the gods are cruel. He's, he's, he's a little bit of a horny old man, that one. Not the horniest old man in the game, not by a long shot. Oh, not by a long shot, but he's up there. He's definitely up there. I mean... He doesn't make you give him oil massages. Oh, God. Multiple times. Uh, we, don't, we don't talk about old man Manderville. Well, I guess we do have to at some point, but we don't have to do it today. So, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna relish in that. I'm gonna relish in my fucking opportunity to not have to talk about the stupid Vanderbilts. Oh, uh, God. But yeah, so, so Hamon here, he gets very depressed. So Chichudo has to sort of take up the helm as the leader um, of the guild here, and she's like, "Listen, just take it easy for a bit. I need to work on him and get him." sort of sorted here he's he's having he's having a rough time though the thing is apparently if you keep applying yourself to your training you might just be able to break him out of this funk by showing him what it really means to be a punch master and uh so so you you, it's time to keep the spirit alive you gotta cheer him up and the way that you're gonna cheer him up is you gotta punch some bees like this this guy he needs to see some bee-based carnage uh to really get his 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 blood flowing again so you go ahead and you just walk up on a bunch of hornet's nests and kill some bees for no reason and this this does reignite some part of that spark that's deep very deep inside him and uh, it, rem- it reminds him of his of his youth of his old days when he was training and punching bees' nests for no reason. So as Hamon Holy Fists, yes, as Hamon Holy Fists, the the bane of bees. And um, now that he's reinvigorated, immediately he tells you to square the fuck up, and he wants you to beat the absolute snot out of him. And uh, and you do, you beat the absolute snot out of him. But the trick of the trick of Mister Holy Fists here is every time you kick his ass he gets stronger like he actually does like a whole level up thing and everything it's very funny so so this is this becomes the plan the plan is you're going to beat the snot out of this very old man over and over and over again until finally he's good at punching Though there is a bit of a complication because right in the middle of you doing this, a really large man with an axe shows up, specifically a wide axe, because that is his name, Wegfar Wide Axe. <laughs> and uh, and Rurikuda, of course, is in tow. He is an employee, works for this guy. I don't know why you would. He's the biggest lamer I've ever seen. But I guess, you know, if you have a name like Wide Axe, you really got to talk yourself up, I think, a little bit. You got to sell it. So apparently this dude used to be kind of a thorn in Hamon's side. 
and uh, and and Hamon kicked his ass many many years ago, and he wants a rematch. And everyone involved in this situation um, is like, "This is the worst idea in the entire world. Don't do this. You don't need to prove anything. This guy should just leave." But uh, then Hamon is like, "Listen, not only am I gonna kick your ass." But I'm gonna wager my whole guild on it, and if you, if I lose, then you get everything I own and my house and my guild. And do you want my shoes? I'll give them to you too. But no, you won't win because I'm Hamon Holy Fist, and it's just like <laughs> God. Chichudo no, over here is Chichudo over here is just head in hands, just like why is my life like this? I didn't know he was a kaiji character. Literally. Of course, immediately uh, after this, the man throws his back out again. Um, so, you know, you gotta uh, do, do a little bit more, a little bit more training here. You gotta, you know, it, to get the kinks out of this guy's back, you could give him like, you know, a nice relaxing uh, oil massage like you do for Mr. Mandreville for no fucking reason. Or you can do the way more fun thing and punch his spine until he feels better. Uh, which you do, by the way. This is how chiropractic was invented in Eorzea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you got you got to go through uh, Little Alamigo and set up a bunch of training dummies as well. And this is like this is part of Miss uh, of Master Hammond's training, right? Like getting him back in shape. He's got to run all over the place and try and get to these dummies. But um, you know, the thing is. Rurikuda and his and his guys, you know, the 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 wide axe committee here, they're they don't really want Hamon to uh to succeed at this. They don't really want him to win, so they're trying to sabotage sabotage him basically at all angles. Though Rurikuda has sort of an ulterior motive, a double ulterior motive. Because despite it all, despite the fact that uh, he got completely disillusioned by finding out that uh, Hamon was kind of a fraud, he still really cares about the guy, and he is like, listen, if this dude fights this guy with a huge axe, he's gonna immediately die, and I don't want him to immediately die, so let's try and, like, you know, make him depressed again so he doesn't do this. Of course, that's quitter talk. We are, we aren't gonna let that happen, so we gotta, we, we gotta keep training... We gotta keep training this man, and uh, once you once you finally get Hammond back to like uh, a reasonable standard, right? Once you once you get him all the way up to level thirty, just like you, uh, you've got to uh, you've got to get him prepared for his his uh, fateful rematch. Um, but, uh, but as, as soon as your training, uh, is over, right, right as you finish getting ready to, uh, to, to prepare yourself for this sort of situation here, uh, it turns out that, uh, that Mr. Whiteax is a bit impatient. He's, he's not really willing to, uh, to wait around any longer. And he is in the middle of the street screaming, like, demanding that this guy come out and fight him. And, uh, and, and he obliges, obviously. Uh, you know, Mr. Holyfist is not one to back down from a fight, for better or worse. And uh, he, does, he does knock this dude on his ass pretty quickly. But um, no, no, Wag, Wagfar is, is not willing to just uh, accept this. No, he's got to cheat. So he, 
He starts taking performance-enhancing drugs and then also calls in all of his bros. And uh, you and Rurikuda, you know, Rurikuda switches sides after this, obviously. And and you two have to sort of defend Hamon as he sort of continues his little prize fight here. But luckily, as as you might imagine from from this kind of performance, Wegfar Whiteax is a bit of a jobber, and uh, he does not what? exactly stand up uh, to this. S- somehow, even more of a jobber than Hamon was like at the beginning of this quest line. But yes, the 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 guild, the fate of the guild has has been saved you've you've defeated man with axe and i guess some steroids you you have successfully defeated him and you know rurikuda is is left in a bit of a situation because uh you know he sort of betrayed everything he stood for twice in a row so he decides i'm just gonna go I'm just going to go and try and figure out me and myself and what I've got going on. I'll be back eventually. And uh, and Hamon Holyfist is left uh, reinvigorated as the head of his guild and, and, and urges you to, to keep on training and, and growing into an even better, more capable fist-punching person. He does, he does the holy fist, too. He does the big punch, and it's fully animated. It is. It's, it's really cool, actually. Like, uh, like I, do, I do love that little scene. So, yeah, that's that the class quest. And, of course, after you do that, you then... Now, some people miss this. And you can always tell, because uh, when you do Bray Fox's long stop, which uh, is a level 32 dungeon, some people will still be like archers or lancers or conjurers um, because the game doesn't exactly tell you that the next job, the next quest you get from your guild master is like unlocking the next level of job. Yeah. It, it doesn't say that. It, it does not say that. So you do, in fact, have to equip. Well, you have to you have to do the 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 next level thirty. Yeah, you have to do the level thirty quest, and then you have to equip that job stone. Please, equip please equip your job stones, please. everyone. This has been a PSA. You know, the more you know. And it is doubly confusing for Arcanist because, as I said, Arcanist is the only job in the game that has that that splits into to two different jobs that level simultaneously they share the same exp pool so you level summoner and scholar at the same time yes and it is this, this creates confusing. some confusion uh particularly when you know you're trying to figure out hey where do i need to go to get my job yeah so the answer is to become a scholar you would go to Limsa Lamensa, which is probably where you would find first, because obviously that's where the Arcanist Guild is. Mm-hmm. To become a summoner, you have to go to Gridania, which is what we're going to start with. So, the game tells you about, you know, almost all of the job, the class two job quests start with the Guildmaster telling you about like, oh, I heard about this person that is somehow related to our field. You should go talk to them. In the case of Summoner, it is someone asking uh, for Arcanists uh, over in Gridania. And as you head over there, the you, you meet Yamitra, uh, who wants to speak with the person who defeated Ifrit. Now, this is very interesting. So th- I don't know when this fact is, 
is fully stated. It's not actually that important. It comes up once. Yamitra is Yashtola's sister. Really? Yes, they are both members of the Y tribe. Interesting. Obviously very far away from their home. I, I doubt they have much connection to that anymore. They're both raised on Charlene, I believe. But yeah, they, she is she is Yashtola's sister, and it does come up once, only once. But uh, it's an interesting connection for someone her to have. And there's a few interesting connections to the main quest line that summoner has that we'll that we'll get to more in the heavensward stuff but she introduces herself as a member of the sons of saint koinak uh who are an order of uh, charlian scholars specifically specializing in the study of the allegan empire which is of course the most actually it's not the most recent ruined empire but it's the most impactful it's the one that left all their fucking trash all over the place it's they're the ones what built the moon yeah you know. And she she tells you about how they have been making breakthroughs regarding the lost elegant art of summoning, which is the process of taking a primal, or as they would have called them, icons, which is, of course, the... um, the label that the Garlean Empire has adapt has adopted for them as well. Uh, you you would take you would take the primal's energy and like harness it without summoning it. You would be able to like use it in combat without the negative effects of a primal. To do this, you have to kind of face a manifestation of the primal's spirit. And so she brings you out to the Sagoli Desert uh, to go through the Austerities of Flames, where you fight an Ifrit Eggy. All of these are Eggies. Eggi? I don't really know how it's pronounced. They're like avatars of the primals, right? Yes. They're little, they're little blorbos that fucking pop out. Um, and you defeat it, and she gives you the Soul Crystal of a Summoner. Now, this is interesting. We should talk a little bit about Soul Crystals. So I'll Obviously, in Final Fantasy in general, and in this game in particular, crystals hold a lot of power. Naturally. And you would think that a job quest would involve a lot of training and whatnot, but actually what the soul crystals are, are these repositories of all of the knowledge and skills of past holders of that crystal. So the further you you progress along your job quest line, the the deeper you get into that knowledge and you gain more insight into the past, right? And this is like this is not like a like a gameplay excuse thing. This is in the lore. There are other kinds of of crystals that hold knowledge of that nature that we will get to later. But the main way it's it's used is for yeah, it's just it's just soul crystals. So yeah, you, you are officially a summoner now, and it's right, you know, the, the the way summoner is structured, by the way, is interesting, because it's one of the only job quests that's kind of gated behind progress, because you have to fight these manifestations of primals, and so you can't do the level 35 summoner quest, Austerities of Earth, until you fought Titan, because you, you, got, you got to summon Titan, so you got to fight Titan. And, you know, it's business as usual. Yumitra identifies a place where the, the eighth Earth Aether is very strong, and you go there, and you fight the Titan Eggy, and you defeat it, and you gain its powers. However, then a, another guy shows up, this fucking dark-cloaked summoner, and he's wearing a full summoner garb, by the way, including one of my least favorite parts of summoner, the horn. The big stupid horn. The thing the thing about the big stupid horn is that the big stupid horn is big and stupid, but it's so like it is exactly the thing that I expect to see, right? Like it is it is the summoner thing to me. It's like having a big dumb I, horn. No, I get it. I understand. It's it's this it's the Final Fantasy Summoner thing, but unfortunately, I wanna look cool. 
in this game, not like a narwhal. And so I normally don't wear the summoner horn, which of course I'm playing as an uh, as a Viera this time, so that's not really a running concern for me. They have troubles with hats. Although I think that one might be one of the ones they can wear. Anyway, regardless, the summoner shows up and demands to have your soul gem. He he thinks you're not worthy of it. He summons Ifrit Eggy and fights you, but you and Yumitra manage to defeat him. He then uh, is a sore loser and decides it's time to try and use Ifrit's fire to just incinerate everything. But Titan shields you. And then he just runs away. This dude is like, okay. So you, you later learn this dude's name is Tristan. I hate Tristan. I think Tristan's a lame fucking character. He is like a dark-robed summoner who hates primals and wants to use their power to, like, burn the world or whatever. Because, as you will learn in the uh, level 40 questline called Shadowing the Summoner, Tristan is a former member of the Immortal Flames who was part of a squadron that fought Ifrit in the past and his brother was among them and was tempered and of course we know what happens to tempered soldiers gotta kill them gotta take them them out back old yeller style unfortunately specifically tristan had to do that to his brother and it sort of uh broke his brain a little bit so now he's like a fucking nihilist asshole um and you kind of you can ask around little alamigo to see if they know anything about him but you know as soon as as soon as you start asking about him you get lured into a trap but it's fine you just kick their asses naturally naturally and uh you, you head back to yumitra who by the way is hanging out in um what's it yeah the the, the the waterfall area of gradania she's right next to the fucking chivo store guy but yeah she tells you she apologizes for accidentally sending you into a trap but uh, hey, and she's like, but hey, now we know a lot more about her enemy. Also, I read about an AOE in a book, and here it is. Finally, your your development of new strategies. Now comes my least favorite part of every single ARR job quest. The level 45 summoner quest is called Allegan Attire. Now, obviously one of the big draws to a job is the job gear, the the, the big cool outfit you get for maxing out your your job quest line right normally or you know later after a realm reborn it is simply the quest reward for the the final quest in the chain in a realm reborn they make you go get that shit one piece at a time except the last one oh right yeah you don't get the shirt yet you don't get the shirt yet you aren't worthy of the shirt yet yeah so basically yumitra tells you that they have the sons of saint koinak have managed to unearth some authentic allegan summoners wear and and you gotta head over to mordona which once again another way that they that the 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 um the summoner quest line is, is gated off because I'm pretty sure you can't go to Mordona until hitting that point in the story, right? Uh, yeah, I don't believe they let you over there. Um, I didn't try to get over there ahead of time, but uh, but I think there's like a couple of like gatehouses. Um, I remember there being like a gatehouse when trying to get over to uh, like the cerulean yeah. processing plant. So I'm wondering maybe if you try and get over there early, if the game like bars you from that. Regardless, you, you go to Mordona and you meet, you seek out Rambrose, head of the Sons of St. Koinak. Now, Rambrose is a character who does show up 
uh, pretty frequently in some some side stuff, specifically in the Crystal Tower and related stuff, because obviously the Crystal Tower is also elegant technology. Naturally. Now you do. He does indeed have the summoner garb for you, but uh, his 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 science his scholars have been harassed by mirror knights, which are these like freakish bipedal metal bird monstrosities that he says are like leftover elegant experiments so you gotta you gotta go fight some mirror knights to get your fucking clothes and once again you just go to an area you interact with a guy you do the thing you get a you get the boots you get the hat you get the gloves but once again not the shirt you don't get the shirt nope can't get the the shirt until you're done and of course after that it's time for the austerities of wind and you get your garuda eggy to you know uh, close out the trifecta and yamitra tells you that she's gonna do some more digging into tristan uh to figure out why he's doing what he's doing which is when you learn about the like killing his own tempered brother thing finally level 50 summon request primal burdens Tristan has gone on a fucking rampage through the the sun's dig site and killed a bunch of people. So Ymitra's out for vengeance. Uh, and the reason that Tristan went sicko mode on them is because they found another Allegan summoner soul crystal. In fact, they found a few of them, I think. So uh, he, he decided he doesn't need your shit anymore and he just went and killed them and took it. And then it all comes together because as you, as you track him down to this huge unstable area called the Singing Shards, which is like a fucking... It's one of those crazy glowing crystal areas of Mordona where just like everything got fucked up. But you find him there converting Conversing with a black-masked Assian, specifically an Assian of the Chalice, which I believe are the guys who follow Lahabrea. Yeah, I believe we talked about this before. Actually, I do yes. think that they are—they're the Lahabrea's goons. They're—they're they're his his lackeys. Yeah, so they—he's talking to a black-masked Assian. Of course, that you know, it's Allegan shit. It's primal shit. They couldn't keep their hands out of it. And yeah, he gives this dude the ability to summon the Elder Primal Belial, which um, it's it's just a really big purple Ifrit eggy. That's what it looks like. It's not. It's very unimpressive Ooh. for the Elder Primal. Belial should have like a way more interesting thing yes. going on. If you're going to use the name Belial for a fucking guy, it should be a a real thing and not grape Ifrit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ifrit lean edition. Yeah. So also he also the elder primal Belial is a fucking chump, and you manage to defeat Tristan, who who then says actually he he tells you his true purpose, which is that he wanted to fucking genocide all the beast tribes so that no one will ever summon primals again. Cool, bro. Uh, cool. That probably wouldn't even work. Cool, bro. Uh, I I almost certain it wouldn't even work. Someone else can just do it. Yeah, someone else can just do it. And considering the fact that, uh, you know, there's typically some outside influence involved, I I can't imagine it would take very long for outside influences to decide, oh, maybe I'll get somebody else to summon some guys. Yeah, like, I don't know, man. This is why I think Tristan is a very lame character. Luckily, the questline stops being about him. 
because what happens is he attempts to incinerate you with the Ifrit Aggie again, except that he loses control of it and it explodes and he is just gone. He's just fucking vaporized. Hilarious. Fucking cringe lord, biggest owls of all time situations. There should have been a fucking pile of ash with the summoner horn sitting on it. That's what I think should have been there. <laughs> I try to su- yeah. I try to summon Ifrit Aggie. I kick up a giant cloud of dust. I'm left dead on the pavement. <laughs> and I should also just, you know, Tristan is like, he's a fucking, he's got like white hair and red eyes. Oh, and he's of fucking, course, of course. He's, uh, all his summoner clothes are like black and red and purple. Whoa. I fucking, I, who fucking gives a shit, man? <laughs> like, also his name is Tristan. It That's seems, just a real dude's name. Yeah, Tristan is kind of an, not, not an especially like imposing I just read all his lines. I just read all his lines in the fucking Yu-Gi-Oh! British Tristan voice. Yeah, like, as, as on, you man. should. As you should. Yeah, he's he's a fucking dust in the wind. And Yumitra basically wraps up with like, well, wielding the power of the primal sure is a burden. Don't get turned into a fucking freak like him, I guess. But you probably won't because you're like fine and normal. Yeah, you're fine and normal and cool. And also, just coincidentally, you also are immune to that sort of thing anyway. But uh, yeah. that's just that's just sort of a, of a fun perk of the job but hey that is the summoner quest line through up to level 50 and i mean like i said it, it's kind of perfunctory like it's you basically just go around you fight the guys you get to summon them like pokemons and yeah you learn a little bit about alag and a little bit about you know the sons of saint koinak but once again crystal tower elaborates on all of that way more than this Yes, and we'll we'll have to get to the Crystal Tower. The Crystal Tower is a long, long discussion um, that we will have to hit up. Actually, shortly. I don't know. No, I think I think that's like basically at the end of the patch quests, if I remember correctly, or maybe it's in the middle. We'll have to we'll have to figure out the order for the raids and whatnot. Yeah, um, yeah. But we will be talking the Crystal Tower pretty soon. Very shortly. Uh, in the meantime. Let's talk about monks. Let's talk about let's to. let's talk about monks. So you know, I gotta say, it isn't. A, it wasn't. A, it, it was an interesting idea for a police procedural, but it wasn't a very uh, sensitive portrayal of OCD. Uh huh. Uh huh. Very, very good. Very I mean, good Tony reference Shalhoub, to Monk of the television show from like Tony Tony Shalhoub, great character actor. I'm glad <laughs> they got him in this game. God. All right. So great in Spy Kids. Oh yeah, really good in Spy Kids. Love Binion. Um, so <laughs> you head back to the Pugilist Guild because uh, Gagaruna, who's uh, one of the like guild receptionists, I believe, uh, it's got work for you. There, there's there's some there's some jobs to be done. Um, and there's just this dude. Uh, his name's Eric, and he needs a little bit of bodyguard style protection because he's he's off doing some field research. And here's the thing about this guy. He sucks. He's a huge asshole. I fucking hate this piece of sh- This guy sucks so bad. Okay, so his thing is is he's trying to study like the ambient ether of like battlefields right like his his whole theory sort of revolves around this idea of like battlefields are full of like the ambient ether that is emitted from people when when they're like exerting themselves and like using their their like internal energies and stuff like that he's trying to like learn from this like 
these ether patterns to like improve his understanding of like like battle tactics and that sort of thing and uh and he wants to uh to do this at the uh, the silda excavation site um a famously safe place to do anything at and of course immediately there's just like a ton of shit going on um you have to fight a a, a ton of weird little creatures and but the, but the Aether flowing through this field of battle, it, it, it opens one of your chakras. And uh, when, uh, when this happens, there's another guy who also happens to be here at the same time. It turns out Eric has more than one uh, punching enthusiast in his employ, and the other one is a man named Widargelt. Widargelt's pretty cool. He's He's got a fun outfit, he's got a little feather in his cap, and he also is actually a monk. Uh, he's, he's from Alamigo, and he is one of the Fists of Ralgar. Which is a which is a sort of esoteric order of warrior monks uh, over who who live in the mountains over there, and he gifts you uh, a soul crystal for uh, what a, for for your your efforts here because he senses in you the ability to become greater than what you are your your ability to to channel the ether around you and 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 unlock the chakras within and he also explains that like when you apparently when a monk goes in and and fights through a field of battle they're just like absorbing all of this energy that they're punching out of everybody and um you literally deplete the battlefield of all of its ambient ether as you do this you just suck it all up like a sponge so no no two monks can get power boosted off of the same battlefield you really got to make sure your party composition is right going into uh going into a fight here but yeah you 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 grab you grab eric's special uh, doohickey and hand it to him and uh and he's like wow these readings are great I'm gonna hire you again. And then he immediately starts being really racist. <laughs> like, holy hell, this dude sucks. Like, the he doesn't have anything nice to say at all about Wittergelt. He doesn't have, like, one nice thing to say about him. He's, like, talking about him like, oh, this fucking dumbass rube who believes in fairy tales and magic and chakras, unlike me, the enlightened atheist who, who understands... Uh, who understands physics. Like, he's so condescending the whole time. This is like the entire quest line, like from 30 to 50, is this dude constantly up his own ass about like how like you know oh he's wittergelt is just so emotional and 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 so like uh, spiritual and it's so cringe and it's like dude <laughs> like come on and they and they they get they get around or they attempt to get around it a little bit because they like they're like, oh well, you know, I, he, you know, I'm also from Alamigo. You know, I'm also Alamigan, so it's okay if I say some racist shit because it's, because it's, you know, I'm, we're this, we're from the same place. It's like, okay, like, all right, man. I think at a certain point, 
when you're a monk and you can make things explode by punching it, I don't know if you care about physics anymore. Well, obviously. And it's also like crazy to me if you like have this kind of guy in your employee and you're just like, oh, I don't believe that any of this monk shit is real. This dude can like shoot lasers and like flash step and explode you with his fist. I don't understand how you don't believe that any of that is real. Like, do you just, it's, like, not pay attention? It's like if you hung out with Goku and said, I don't think the Kamehameha wave is real. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. He's doing it every other second over there. Like, look, he's doing it right now. Nah, that's that's just a trick of light. That's just, uh, that's swamp gas. It's all, it's all hoax. But yeah, Eric, Eric wants you to get in more fights because he really wants to measure the ether of, of ancient battlefields. So he like gets you and Wittergelt to like go to different places and place his little doohickeys around and just measure all of this fancy data. And this this is all this is all well and good. But the thing is, Wittergel, he's he's not the kind of guy who seems like he would naturally fall into a relationship with Eric. Like, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would, like, put up with some pasty nerd telling him that everything he believes in is garbage all the time. Like, he would just leave. So there's something else going on here that is sort of encouraging him to, um, to stick around. Uh, and it turns out that uh, when you go to collect one of these etherometers uh, from him later on in level 40 quest, uh, you got to go to little Almigo where he's just hanging out. And he and he tells you, listen, I've got some stuff to take care of. You go collect your data first and I'll bring you mine when I'm done. So you go ahead, you do another battle uh, with some random stuff and you go back to uh, to collect uh, Wittergelt's little doohickey, and and he admits to you kind of what's going on here. Like he apologizes, like oh I'm sorry, like you know I I should have been helping. That was probably like a bigger battle than you were really anticipating. Um, I'm gonna come clean. I'm just here to learn about these battlefield locations so that I can open my chakras because he he has a plan. He needs to power up. He needs to get to to a higher level. Of monkhood because he's trying to help out the resistance. Uh, the Alamegan resistance is, as the name implies, a bunch of people who want to free Alamigo from the Garleans. Uh, we talked about them a little bit before um, in the little Alamigo sort of quest line of ARR, but um, this this touches more on the, the the fists of Ralgar as an organization. Like you, you only get a little bit from from what Wittergelt kind of talks about here. But um, but they are, or at least used to be, a fairly major component of the resistance. Like they they were sort of the fist, if you will, of of the resistance here. But there aren't many of them left. Well, so actually, I will say the uh, the fist of Railgar's dissolution, if you can call it that, it's more of a massacre. Predates the Imperial conquest because the person who killed them all is um the Mad King. Right, yeah, Theodoric actually did. That. Yeah, that's that's true. Theodoric sort of ordered that the fists be uh, be mostly taken out here, and uh, but what's left of them are in fact quite important to the resistance here. And uh, and Wittergelt is is fully confident. 
that if he can just like unlock all of the energy latent inside of him and, and absorb all these battlefields, that he's going to be able to to free his people. And he would really love it if uh, if you came along with him. So, uh, so you do get a dialogue option. You can choose. You, I believe you can just tell him, "No, I'm not interested at all in helping you." Of course, I picked the "Yeah, absolutely, let's go fuck these guardians up, bro. Let's let's do this together" option because that's the correct option and also the option that uh, the Isu would pick. But I, I do wonder what the what the alternative is. Like, does he just go like, oh, "Okay." by and just walk off it'd be very funny just punch just punches your head off you just die instantly game over but yeah you, you you head back to the goldsmith's guild again and eric's got a little bit more uh a little bit more for you to do but the, the thing is when when wintergelt wintergelt told you about his ulterior motives the reason he had to tell you about them was because he didn't really do the thing that eric asked him to do and um, his like etherometer does not have the readings that Eric is expecting, so he sort of fudges it and is like, "Well, uh, we'll just make him kind of match the same readings, and he'll never know." Uh, Eric knows immediately; he like instantly figures out what's going on, and he kind of just tells you, "Listen, has this guy been telling you about his Alamegan resistance bullshit? He's always Did on." He a- tell you. <laughs> Did he tell you he wants to solo the whole empire by himself? He's always talking about that shit. He's always talking about that shit. And Eric is just like, listen, don't worry about that. Don't pay him any mind. Just keep doing the stuff that I'm asking you to do. And whatever you do, don't participate in this guy's crazy resistance bullshit. So as you might imagine, there's there's sort of a, a, a point of contention here uh, because you know you you keep you keep on you keep on keeping on here and Wittergel kind of goes AWOL he he's not at all interested in like continuing uh this this whole charade with Eric here because it's not really getting him anywhere and he needs to power up quickly so he's he's got an idea of what he needs to do and Eric is like you know, maybe you should maybe you should talk to this guy. Maybe talk him down because he he might get himself into a lot of trouble. So you go, you meet up with Wittergelt. He once again is in Little Alamigo, and he he starts to explain to you about the 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 sort of spiritual garb of the monk and all of these these other things that can add to the monk's abilities right they can strengthen the inner energy of the uh, uh of the wearer and can, can can channel your chakras and you know typically this isn't something that you're gonna just get a hold of unless you like do a bunch of very specific trials but you know if you're able to go and get these back from the various places they've been stolen from you know we're going to sort of overlook that and just let you keep them you know they're 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 sort of trials in and of them uh, selves. And this this bit is actually really annoying because it has you go to a bunch of these places in the world that are genuinely just full of like colossal enemies that are like if you're playing this on level, it is actually pretty difficult to uh to get to to some of these without um finding yourself in a position where you're being like completely swarmed by like a billion dudes especially the one where it's like a box like on a bunch of stairs and like a mine and there's like a bunch of just like zombie guys uh but yeah you 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 grab all these clothes you take them back 
to Wittergelt. Once again, the shirt is conspicuously missing. They do this for literally every single job quest. I don't know why. And, you know, finally you, you get all you get all this stuff. And when when you get back, when you get back, it turns out that uh while you've been gone, Eric's made a a pretty big discovery. Um he he has he has this whole beautiful thing he's learned about all of this ethereal data that you've you've collected. And uh, you know, Wittergelt is like, ooh, yes, finally, finally I will have the power required to to literally solo the entire empire by myself. Xenos chump chump change. I'm gonna go Super Saiyan 2, baby. Don't even worry about it. As you might imagine. This is not exactly uh, how things, you know, shake out. You know, Eric here wants to, uh, you know, get ready to to sort of give a speech about his freaking master's thesis. Um, but he's he he he's missing Wittergelt. Wittergelt's gone. He needs you to go find him. He uh he he apparently is gone to uh to Silver Tear Falls uh in order to uh to unlock his seventh and final chakra. But um you know Eric Eric is like listen we need to prevent we need to stop this guy from basically getting himself killed. And you run into this you run into this thing that happens in basically everything that has to do with Alamigo. Uh, this is a problem that's going to crop up in Stormblood. It is a problem that has cropped up in the little Alamigo quest line. It pops up literally every single time. The problem is that, like, everything is always structured in such a way as that the revolutionaries... <sighs> The, the revolutionaries here are always positioned as, like, crazy or otherwise, like, not not even crazy, but, like, way overzealous. Like, they, they, are, they are positioned as being, like, you know, oh, well, they're, they're willing to do, to do anything, and it's, it's gonna ruin everything because they're just too hot-headed, and they don't understand that they need to be, like, more, more even keel about this whole, you know, constant oppression thing. And it really, it really gets to me in, in, in this specific thing, I think more than a lot of, a lot of the various quests here, because so much of this is just Eric being so fucking condescending to this guy. Like, like, obviously, you know, obviously trying to solo the entire empire is a bad decision and it's just going to probably get him and a bunch of other people killed for no reason even if he's a particularly powerful monk that's not really going to stop that situation from happening so it's probably a good idea to try and you know cut that off of the pass and try and get him to like slow down a little bit but the solution isn't saying like, hey, Wittergelt, you know, this is a great idea. You have, I love the spirit. We need to pull it back a little bit and, and use this a little more constructively and try and, you know, build perhaps maybe, uh, you know, rebuild an order of monks. You know, maybe we have like more than two people who can, you know, use the seventh chakra, you know, maybe that would certainly help. Yeah, that might be helpful a little bit. But instead of doing that, what you do instead is you show up to where Wittergeld is trying to unlock his chakras and you tell him, no, you can't do that. If we let you do that, you'll do something stupid. So we have to beat you up now. 
And so you do. You do a solo duty, and you have to beat him up, and it's fucking so it's so annoying. He 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 starts to he starts to go Super Saiyan. He get he literally gets like a big glowing aura around him, and uh, and uh, then then of course you you get your own glowing aura because you unlock the seventh chakra before he does entirely through fighting him on this battlefield actually and you know you you manage to 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 beat him and take him down and it's time for him to learn the error of his ways you get i don't really I don't really remember caring much for the monk quests for whatever reason. Yeah, for whatever reason. Literally, like, Eric just shows up, and then fucking poor Wittergeld is just sitting there on the ground fucking distraught because he not only lost the opportunity to, like, open his seventh chakra, but on top of that, like, you know, he's been denied the, like, his fucking righteous dream and goal of trying to liberate his homeland by this guy who's like, mm, actually, it's so much smarter and better to try and reform things. Uh, like, like, oh, well, you know, maybe instead of trying to uh, liberate the homeland, maybe we should uh, learn to just live with things as they exist. You know, it's not all bad. You should you know, live a little, you know, smell the roses, you know, maybe move on with your life. And it's like, you know, that would be a fine message, sure, if this guy was like, I don't know, hellbent on, like, personal petty revenge or something like that. But the fact that, like, a liberation, like, like a liberatory, like, revolutionary standpoint of, like, somebody whose people is being actively treated like garbage by an occupying force the fact that that's being treated on the same level as like like a personal vendetta like a pointless personal vendetta ooh, it grinds my gears Ooh, i don't like it at all i fucking hate eric it's quite bad it's a it's a uh motif that will pop up from time to time oh yes it will be baffling it, it, it will pop up basically anytime alamigo is part of the story and uh it's it's at least not it's not as bad in stormblood proper because stormblood is literally a revolution story a bad revolution story <laughs> but like you know still a revolution oh my god i forgot i forgot about this there's literally there there's literally a bit in in this conversation where Wittergeld like hears this big long speech and then he's like hey these words are really cool but um what would would you would you do this like stupid sanctimonious speech to all the like widows and starving children and like you know people who lost their whole families in a war and occupation and Eric is just like mm, I would because you know, they would be too dumb to grasp my meaning, but, uh, you know, I, I think that being the smart one and uh, always espousing peace no matter what is the good solution. Like, I just want to shove this fucking nerd in a locker. Like, good Christ. Yeah, I'm comfortable saying that it's not a spoiler that the thing that solves the occupation of Alamigo is a big military action yeah yeah like kill a bunch of imperials sorry eric it turns out that um you know 
trying to talk out your problems with the big imperialist like murderer faction uh, doesn't actually do very much what you have to do is you have to go kill them until they stop doing the oppressing you, you have to you got you got to kick him out of the city you got to make him go away <laughs> like uh you can't debate them you you cannot debate them in the marketplace of ideas yeah, that's that's god that's little 50 monk quest like everything involving alamigo it's weird it's, it's and weird and uncomfortable and circular and fucking it, it just it just falls apart under the weight of its own very bad politics what about that shit you want to hear about some tiny green dudes i do want to hear about some tiny green dudes it's a scholar Scholar is, of course, the other branch of Arcanist. It's the one you can find in Limsa Lamensa. And very similarly, you it uh, the Arcanist Guild receptionist tells you that there's an academically-minded marauder who, who came to ask for the assistance of an Arcanist. And everyone else is is pretty busy, but they he, she thinks you're, you're the right person for the job. So you go up to meet Alka Zolka, who I understand does sound like a fucking um, digestive aid, but no, <laughs> he is a man. He's specifically he's a Lalafell, which is important. So he is he as as the as the receptionist said. Unlike many of the Marauders, he is very tactically minded and kind of academically inclined. He's not just a dude what loves swinging an axe. Specifically, his area of interest is the lost civilization of Nim, which, if you'll remember our little history episode from. The the very beginning of this podcast nim was a was a civilization in the fifth astral era uh who was involved in the war of the magi against uh mahak their counterparts and obviously both of them are in complete ruins now so you can guess how that went yeah not well for either of them particularly but but even though nim was much smaller in numbers than mahak uh they were able to repel invasions repeatedly using extremely uh extremely strong defensive tactics so he wants to go and find some of these Nemean tactics for himself so you, you head out there to um I think it's Outer Lenosia, where the floating city of Nim is. Because mm-hmm. it's also floating for reasons that aren't entirely clear. Um, and yeah, you find a Scholar Soulstone and also gain the ability to summon a fairy, because that's Scholar's main thing. Whereas Summoner is all about summoning the essences of these primals and using them in battle, Scholar summons a fairy to help in healing. Does it explain? And, uh, does it explain the fairies... Like are the fa- so that like obviously the fairies are like a thing that Nim had. I don't know if it ever explains entirely what they are, but they're like they are beings that the Nemean scholars used. Right. Um. Specifically, your fairy has a connection with another character who's going to show up here in a minute. So like they are arcane entities. Let's say. Okay. Um, similar to a carbuncle. Got it. But like more sapient. So yeah, you, you at level thirty-five. You he Alcazulco is beginning to think that the the lost secrets of Nim might lie in the memories of your fairy, and so he's like, well, maybe if we go and and, and do some stuff over there, we'll trigger a brain blast and we can get her to remember something. And yeah, you you do kind of look around at the various ruins, and eventually your fairy does begin to slowly remember things. Now, as as you go on, Alcazulco is once again like, hey, I've been looking at some tablets, and I'm seeing that often what 
Nim would do is that they would have a a scholar and a and a marine, a marauder, teamed up in 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 pairs. And so I want to try this out with you. And luckily, they have the perfect opportunity because a tonberry has been spotted near Camp Bronze Lake. For those of you who, for some reason, don't know what a tonberry is, they are funny little green guys who wear like brown robes and have a lamp and a butcher knife and they're famous for having an insta kill move in most final fantasies that they can just kill you to death instantly uh so yeah you've been he's been hired he's been dispatched to deal with this tonberry and so you head out there but instantly i think you can tell that something about this tonberry is different uh because he is wearing glasses a motorboard hat and scholar robes and also he can talk so probably a special tonberry of some kind and he recognizes the fairy but he is overtaken by like the the rage coursing through tonberries you know the rancor the the terrible rancor as you fight him the uh you you manage to defeat the tonberry but before alka can land the killing blow the fairy intervenes and the tonberry escapes and so, you know, he's, he's, um, he kind of blows up at you and the fairy a little bit, but he apologizes, saying that he's still new to this whole thing. And, you know, it's, you gotta get, you know, you probably don't have full control over it yet, yada, yada. But he is, but he's glad to have proven the efficacy of Nemean tactics. So, in level 45, guess what? It's time to fucking get some guys. Or you gotta, you gotta get some fucking clothes. Always with the clothes. This one's different, though. You don't have to do a bunch of... You don't have to, like, kill fight dudes for it. You actually just have to, like, bring it to various crafting guilds around Eorzea, around Ulda and Gridania specifically. So you, you go to the Weaver's Guild first, and then you, like... Then R- Redolent Rose is like, oh my god, this garment is, is simply too ornate for me to finish on my own. So you bring him to the Jeweler's Guild and the Goldsmith's Guild and the Leather Worker's Guild and all this other stuff. To, to fully make all of the pieces of this uh of this outfit except of course say it with me now for the chest piece of course well of course that's the that's the most complicated piece after all when you get back to alka he has been reading up on other activities of, of the scholars for instance like obviously we know all about the 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 tactics in the war of the magi but like what did scholars do when they weren't engaged in a brutal wizard war well they healed people and so he he sends you out to Camp Bronze Lake, which is a hot springs area that is used to like for its healing properties. So there's a lot of wounded and, and other and other folks hanging out around there. And so he sends you out there to to help those people out. And as you are healing them, the the fairy kind of begins to remember stuff and also draws all of the like corrupted ether out of their bodies for you to deal with, which is interesting. And finally, for level fifty. Another tonberry has been spotted. I think it, it, it they say it's another tonberry, but it turns out to be the, it's 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 the same tonberry. It's the clothed tonberry. Um and this time Alkazoko is not letting him get away. And he's like, "You better keep that fairy in line. I don't want any more stunts like that pulled again." And uh yeah, so he so he uh you find the tonberry in the same place you found it before, which is on the stairs outside of a place called the Wanderer's Palace, which is this huge ruin just outside of Camp Bronze Lake. Uh, but he, he, he once again recognizes, he, he calls the fairy Lily, and he, call, and he calls her my son, S-U-N, not S-O-N. But he, jump, he jumps into the water before you can really do anything, and so you, you pursue him into the Wanderer's Palace. Yes, this is a level 50 dungeon that you actually go into for this solo duty. It's interesting. Oh, that is interesting. I was like, oh, does it just have you 
do the dungeon, no, but it doesn't. No, the uh, that is another Tonberry related uh, thing, as we'll learn here. But yeah, you you go through the the dungeon, you fight a bunch of these these Tonberries, and as you dispatch them, the these flame of rancors pop out of their bodies and and start doing shit. And only after you defeat the 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 scholar Tonberry, yet again, Alkazolka tries to go in for the kill, and the fairy stops him. Uh, but it looks like the fairy has managed to like purge the the Tonberry of all of this anger, and so he can actually explain himself. And explain himself, he does, because as it turns out, Tonberries are not just naturally occurring funny little guys. So this guy's name is Sorito Carito, and he used to be a Lalafell. Ah, uh, yes, He's... I forgot about this part. Yeah, all of the Tonberries have tonberry sickness the tonberry disease yes so as he explains he was a scholar of nim and when he was alive or when he was lalafell i was about to say when he was human but (laughs) when when he wasn't green there a, a plague began ravaging nim and the scholars tried to help but and of course it started with merchants and and it went on from there as 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 most plagues often do you know, you, you 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 get a ship back from like fucking China or Rome or Constantinople, and you bring it into another city, and oops, you have brought you have brought the bubonic plague, and now three million people are going to die. It happens. Oops. You know, don't worry about it. So, but yeah, as 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 the scholars tried to stop this, you know, the the um. The, the the transformations the changes that, that the disease brought were just too the, the the sick were considered these like wretches and and were all sealed into the wanderer's palace and abandoned and over the years the isolation and the betrayal like festered into this insatiable rancor that they can't control anymore and they've just completely lost themselves to rage but lily sarita's former fairy managed to bring him back from that and he is he is uh he is determined to find a cure for the tomberry sickness and he thanks you for carrying on the art of Nemean scholars uh unfortunately because his the like his body has been so warped his his ether is no longer compatible with the scholar stone so now you're the only one who can summon the fairy you're the only scholar you're the last one and that's kind of how it ends he 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 uh yeah alkazolka goes home with like a lot of and he has a lot to think about about like well gee all his tomberries were just people a lot to think about Literally much to think about. Literally much to think about. That's where it ends. Yeah, the Tonberries will pop up again and again. There's, there, like I said, there's, there's the Wanderer's Palace and also the hard version that kind of continue the story. But yeah, there's like, um, it's interesting how much of these, uh, like, it, it, it's you have all these ruined civilizations, but almost always there is one voice who was there when it was around to like fill things in, right? It's almost like an archaeologist's dream of like, why would you, what if I just could talk to one guy who was there? Yeah. What if I could talk to the one guy who was there and then it turns out that uh, a lot, there's there's so much, there's so much to learn and yet so, so little time to actually learn it. Yeah. So that is Scholar. It's a fun little quest line. I like it. I like Alkazolka. I like his name. I like Tom Berries. It's a very, simple as. It's a very fun name, and I do love Tom Berries. They're they're awesome. They're cute little guys. Uh, and that uh, that is all of the uh, the job quests we've done. This is this is ooh, this one ran a little long, and this will probably this will probably be the longest job quest episode we do. I think just because of the nature of like 
having to go through 50 levels of yeah functionally three separate like job quest lines so you know this one was pretty long but when we when we start touching on some of the other ones it will be it will be much shorter and of course uh we're gonna be we're gonna be changing up what jobs we're playing for every expansion naturally well i think we'll do an episode checking in on the end to these quest lines but I, for one, I'm excited to, I guess, revisit Astrologian. I think that's what I'm doing next. And I'm excited for you to do Dark Knight. Yes, Dark Knight is... is it, I, I've never actually finished the Dark Knight questline. I only started it. And uh, I started it and did the uh, the very, very, very funny mistake that everyone always does when they start the Dark Quest, the Dark Knight questline, which is you die to... Um, to the the evil energies in the very first yeah, you, solo duty you die to mechanics that don't exist anymore yeah it's meant to teach you the things that don't actually happen anymore yeah it's very very funny i wonder if they've changed that now since the last time i touched it i guess i'll have to I find wonder, out but yeah so yeah, we the next one will be shorter and we just wanted to touch in on you know job quests they may not be the main thing but they are an important part to everyone's experience and uh, and uh, like i said a lot of people's favorite characters might come from some of these job quests i know people who adore myself included i love the characters in the dark knight quest oh yeah everybody everybody loves stray and i mean i'm excited i'm excited to Frey. or Frey. His name is Frey. excited excited to uh to really to really get to know Frey here but uh but we'll have to do that in the future uh for now i've been one of your hosts jane i've been your other host nero and we'll see you on the wild fields of eorzea adventures see you then